0: This is The Real Wealth Podcast, where we explore all things wealth-related. Join us on this wealth journey. Let's get into it. Welcome to The Real Wealth Podcast. I'm Alex Robertson. And in this podcast, we're going to do something a little bit different this week. We are going to be talking about one of my favourite classic finance books, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson. The reason why I want to talk about this book is because I feel like there are fundamental financial and wealth-building lessons in here which are timeless. And it's incredible to think this book was written in 1926. The backstory of this is based in the ancient town of Babylon in 18th century BC, so over 4,000 years ago. So we're talking about a story set 4,000 years ago, written in 1926, and a lot of the lessons it teaches us about wealth and finance are still relevant today. And, And what I'll do is... We'll talk about what this book teaches in terms of the seven cures for a lean purse, as they call it, and how those still remain relevant today and what you can do in your life to action those principles in the modern age. And I think one of the the really um uh cool things about this this book for me is is just that The stories are told in such a way to make it interesting and really drive home the message that that George Clayson is trying to make. So it's set in the ancient town of Babylon and for those that don't know the ancient town of Babylon is somewhere around Iraq in modern, modern age. It was 18th century, it was the pinnacle of the ancient world in terms of wealth, in terms of architecture. There was massive contributions made from Babylon to mathematics, astrology, literature. It was one of the more advanced cities of the ancient world. They had the Hanging Gardens, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Um, there was a huge amount of of, of wealth and knowledge um, in in the ancient town of Babylon. I think that's the interesting point of, of how it's staged. So the backstory to this book is that around about the time that the ancient city of Babylon was built, with all its architecture, with its canals, with its irrigation systems, um, a huge amount of wealth went into building the city. And and at the end of it, when, when the city was built, um, <coughs> the advisors came to the king and said, there are um, mass amounts of people within the city that are on the poverty line that are, that are ultimately poor and there's no work for them. And the king was confused because he said well, we've spent all this money we've spent all this wealth creating this city i want my city to be the richest city in the world why are our why are our, our um, population poor uh and the the reality of the situation as it is in the modern age is that a lot of the wealth had been accumulated by a small amount of individuals who understood financial education who understood how to create wealth and ultimately most of the population who had just had a job during the construction of all this city, they had spent the money as it came in. You know, they they had they had spent it and they'd maybe lived well during that period because they'd made a lot of money, but ultimately they got to the end, the jobs dried up and and there was there was nothing left for them because they hadn't saved, they didn't know the basics of financial education. And and the king looks to cure this problem going forward. And and the advice of his advisors is that they assign someone to teach financial wealth. Uh, to teach knowledge on how to create wealth. And the man that they appoint is the richest man in Babylon, Arkad. And Arkad tells his story. Um, he teaches a room of 100 a, a people who are going to be the teachers in, in financial education across the lands. Um, he teaches them... His story and the seven cures for a lean purse. And and there's a lot of really interesting short stories that go around this, which make it quite interesting. But what we're going to do throughout this podcast is we're going to talk about the seven cures for a lean purse and we're going to talk about how they are still relevant in the modern age. So let's start with the first cure start thy first pattern, fatten even. Uh, this cure emphasizes the importance of saving a portion of your income, no matter how small. And putting it to work so one of the things that Arkad talks about and and he was originally a, a, a poor man came from a working class background and he managed to have a client who was very wealthy that taught him the fundamentals of, of wealth creation and the first lesson that he was taught was one tenth of all you earn is yours to keep so this concept of that one-tenth is savings that are sacred, that you never touch, and you learn to live off the other 90% of your income. Now, whether it's 10%, whether it's 20%, whether it's 30%, the principle is still the same, that you protect those savings and you don't spend them. And and a lot of modern financial books are still um, referring to this. Um, The likes of uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad talks about paying yourself first, uh, paying yourself first in the context of um, making sure that you're always putting that money to savings and if you don't have enough money left over from from the rest of the the, the income that you have to, to pay your bills then you need to find other sources of income you need to leverage uh, your your skills your knowledge base to try and increase your income and and the key principle here is protect your savings at all costs so that's the first cure very much still relevant today. And very much one of the key things when we talk about uh, the the four season wealth where, where you want to learn to to control your money, being able to assign a portion of of savings and protect that is is a key control mechanism we need at the foundations of starting to build wealth. The second cure for the lean purse, control that expenditure. Um and this cure is obviously about living within your means, understanding the difference between what you want and what you need creating a budget around your finances and sticking to that budget sticking to that budget religiously making sure that you are measuring at the end of the month checking your progress and sticking to what you say there's no point in setting an unrealistic budget that you just ignore at the end of the month and move on with your expenses there's no point in the end of the month saying you know I've I've said I'd spend 200 quid I'm going out and eating this this month I've spent that already but my mates are going out this weekend ah screw it I'll just do it I'll just dip into the savings you know you need to take control of your finances and stick to your budgets what gets measured gets done if you're measuring your budgets if, you, if you're measuring at the end of the month you're checking your your performance against it it's much more likely that you're going to stick to it so that's, that's one of the, the, the key lessons in this here is, is that if you can't control your finances then you can't start to build wealth, it's, it's impossible. And you've got guys like Martin Lewis who are champions for the consumers in, in the modern age that will teach you how to minimise your costs, how to save money on your insurance, or on all sorts of expenses that you have month to month, how to make sure you get the most out of your pension, how to make sure you get the most out of even things like your food shop. Now the challenge and balance I would say to that is if you have to spend 15 hours a week trying to reduce your expenses, would that time be better spent trying to increase your income? This is the payoff and you have to say, okay, well, if I've got to spend three hours to, to save five quid, that's probably not worth my time because I can generate more income through working, through uh, through employing the skills that I have to to generate an income. And that's where we talk about understanding what your value is i.e the amount of money that you can earn in an hour based on the skills that you have and whether or not the time that you're spending to reduce your expenses and implement a lot of this um financial kind of tricks and financial hacks that are all over tiktok and instagram if it's going to take up a lot of your time to do that you may want to think twice about it there's a balance to be had when it comes to this stuff Okay, cure number three, make thy gold multiply. This cure emphasises the importance of investing and generating a return. Um, this is critical. You know, we talked about this. It's not enough to generate savings. That's just step one. If you don't employ those savings to create a greater return, you're effectively losing. And, and the example uh, I gave recently was the likes of a, a Vanguard account where you set up an account with a £1,000, put 100 quid a month in it, If you were just putting that into savings and and not investing it by the end of 20 years you'd have something like 25 grand. If you invested it in something like a Vanguard account that's tracking the S&P 500 index you sort of get an average of 8 to 10 percent over a long period of time return. You could triple the amount of money that's in that account by the end of that period so understand the importance of of investing investing your money wisely it's not enough to leave in the bank if you leave in the bank inflation is over 10 percent that money is reducing by 10 percent every year um it is not a smart financial move to do that albeit you have to balance that with the fact that people need liquid cash at some stages you might have unforeseen expenditure that comes out like your boiler breaks and you need to fix it so you have to balance that with having enough money there in liquid assets that you can get to if you need it I, th- I think the important thing that people need to understand is you know if you put your money invest it into something like properties relatively illiquid it would take quite a lot of time to get your money out of that property because you need to sell it. it depends on the market you know you might have a tenant in there you need to get them out first so that could take a month and then you could be a month of market in, and then it could be another two months before a, a, even if you get a sale immediately before that sale concludes understand that you know that there are assets that you can invest in that are liquid there are assets that you can invest in that are illiquid and there might be a small amount of kind of rainy day fund that you'd want to invest in something that's more liquid like like stocks and shares you can usually get your money out within a couple of weeks if you needed it so so balance that with with your investments um again that's so relevant to to building wealth in the modern age these are timeless lessons that that are taught within this book um guard thy treasures from loss and this cure really puts the importance on being careful where you take advice from and doing your due, gel- due diligence I can always always struggle with that word due diligence before you make an investment and the story that Arkad tells uh, is when he um after his first year of, of saving one-tenth of all he earned he went to invest that money as he was advised to by his mentor um and when his mentor came back he said yep i've invested the money i've given money to the brickmaker who's going uh to go to the venetians to buy jewels and he's going to bring them back to babylon and we're going to make a lot of money on that and and his mentor says well your your money's gone try again next year uh and he was right the money was gone because the jewel maker had went to the venetians they'd sold him some worthless glass he brought it back and it was it was effectively worth worthless so um the lesson there was really you know, don't take advice from the brickmaker about jewels, you know, you have to invest your money with people who understand, who have a track record of what, what they're investing in, and then my ultimate lesson from this would be, the more you know, the more you equip yourself with knowledge, no one will look after your money better than you, so if you educate yourself and you understand very well what you're investing in, then no one will invest that money better than you. So, uh, you know that 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 is the core lesson for me, and, and we teach that to everybody that comes to us on property investment. The more you know, the more you equip yourself. Make your own investment decisions. Do not take advice from people that have not been where you're trying to go. Um, is is one of the the, the principal learnings. Okay, cure number five: Make of thy dwelling a profitable investment. And this cure is about. Um, trying to generate some income from one of your largest assets which is your home either by renting out a room um or investing in other real estate um and you know this this truly is a a timeless lesson and we, we talk about it a lot in in terms of uh the Rich Dad Poor Dad book um because they talk about your asset um your biggest asset in, in most people's view being your home and, and the reality is for a lot of people it, it's a liability because liabilities take money out your pocket all your house does is take money out your pocket in terms of mortgage interest uh monthly and in reality your home your home only becomes an asset when you decide to sell it um when you make a decision to sell it then you can realize the capital gains in that house then you can create cash then it becomes an asset but what most people then do is buy a bigger house buy a bigger liability buy a bigger mortgage um and, and again they just they just create increased liabilities so it's a it's understanding that that your, your home may not be the best asset that you have in it and i gave an example of this on my social media uh recently where you know essentially a lot of people could be sitting on equity in their house which if you leverage that took money out of your house you can buy uh buy to let properties you can build a profitable buy to let portfolio that that not only generates income but will also cover the value of your mortgage on a monthly basis so it will generate enough profit to cover your mortgage on a monthly basis so effectively your mortgage is paid off it's not in reality but you know it's covered financially so you're not having to to pay for that and that's just with a bit of financial engineering just a basic bit of financial engineering so uh, it's understanding that there's there's all these games out there that you can play to uh improve your financial situation and real estate's a massive one because in that instance not only have you got your mortgage covered you've now got multiple assets which you're getting the capital gains on uh going forward in perpetuity And, and property has shown um that it doubles every 12 years roughly uh, historically and there may be ups and downs year on year but in long-term investment property is is a, is a great opportunity. The other thing to mention here in the modern ages things like Airbnb generally make it quite easy to be able to monetize your home you know if you're going away for a couple of weeks on holiday then there is an opportunity to rent your house out on Airbnb and cover a decent chunk of the costs of your holiday um by doing that a lot of people aren't comfortable with that but if you structure it in such a way that you know you have lockable cupboards and all that where where your kind of valuables are kept um you know it it can be a way to generate money people go and travel the world and rent their own property out and 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 that helps them generate enough income to be able to cover the cost of their accommodation as they're traveling so there's a lot more flexibility in terms of real estate now with with things like airbnb uh and spare room and and all that so there are ways to monetize your home uh, quite easily and there's a lot of tax benefits of doing that as well you've got the rent a room uh tax relief uh in the uk so yeah be aware that there's there's a lot of strategies out there and and this point has probably become even more prevalent over the over the ages okay the sixth cure for a lean purse ensure a future income this cure emphasizes the importance of planning for your future income and taking steps to ensure that you'll have a reliable source of income when you need it, and i think it's just starting to think about uh, retirement planning Uh, you know i i've always been a bit reluctant to to think too much about retirement because i feel like if you're passionate about what you do you love what you do you can uh, and you create enough wealth and income through through that passion then you can have many retirements go away for a long period of time but ultimately you always want to come back to what you're passionate about and you want it you want to uh, do the job that you love so I've never been that set on retirement but it's understanding that if you got to a point where you weren't able to work through health um, then you have enough income there and you have enough savings and funds and investments to make sure that you have a passive income to be able to live off in that situation and and that's where pensions become a really really beneficial tool huge tax benefits to them and we, we talk about SaaS pensions quite a lot because they not only give you all the tax benefits of a pension they allow you to avoid a lot of corporation tax if you have your own business they they allow you to reinvest funds back into your business and help grow while still taking all the benefit of of a, a, a pension fund so this talks about things like in pen, pensions uh, income generating assets, so investing in things that are going to pay you an income for the long term that don't rely on you to be out there working to be able to create that income. Because if it did ever happen, then that uh, you weren't able to work, you need to know that there's there's a plan in place. Um, so, you know, again, very relevant in the modern age that that cure. And finally, the seventh cure for a lean purse is increased ability to earn, and this is all about education. Increasing your own skills, increasing your potential to earn and I spoke about this i think in the in the last podcast where ultimately my my view is that your ability to earn is intrinsically linked to your knowledge your skills the 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 increased knowledge and skills that you have I mean think about the modern age just now as we are. there is no time in history where the world will move forward as fast as it's going to in the next 10 to 20 years the advent of artificial intelligence there are new things coming out every week at the moment that artificial intelligence can do if you can't keep up to date with all this stuff you're going to be left in the dust if you're not continually growing your knowledge growing your understanding of the world you're going to be left behind and that's never been more true than it is now because the world is moving forward at a scary pace you can't afford to be left behind so you have to you have to create those skills you have to create that knowledge you know at no point can we afford to stop learning because it's ultimately and intrinsically linked to the amount that we can earn you have to understand that and again as I said before in retirement you know if you love what you do you're passionate about what you do you don't want to retire you want to be able to take many retirements throughout your entire life when you can enjoy it not when not when you're old and your health is failing you um, but the reality is most people get to retirement anyway and they're massively underfunded. The average pension pot for, for someone in their 60s in the UK is something about £60,000, which is not going to get you more than a couple of hundred quid a month if you're really lucky, but it's just not going to help. And then to, to rely on a pension coming in from the government by the time someone like me in, in my late 30s hits retirement in, in my 60s or 70s, it's just, it's going to be marginal at best, so most people unfortunately will in future not be able to. We're taught from a young age that there are these three component parts to life that are the learning stage when we're children and we're just learning how the world works and the fundamentals and you need to, you need to go through the school education system to get a base knowledge before you get to the second stage where you can go into the world and contribute to the economy and the earning stage. And then this third part of life and the yearning years where where we go into retirement and get a well-deserved break. Those three stages are fundamentally wrong. You know, if we're not learning throughout our entire life, we're massively limiting the amount that we can earn. Earning and learning are intrinsically linked. The more that you know, the more knowledge that you have, the more you're stacking the odds in your favour to be able to massively increase your income. And moreover, when you hit retirement... You know, most people, retirement comes too late, their health fails and they can't enjoy it at the same level as they can unless, you know, you create that wealth in your mid-years where you can enjoy many retirements and go away and travel and see the world and but ultimately want to return back to something that you're passionate about and if you're truly passionate about what you do, one, I feel like your income ability massively extrapolates but two, you never want to leave it you know you always want to come back to to work with that passion so retirement therefore becomes becomes a bit unnecessary the reality for most people is retirement comes too late they're massively underfunded the average pension fund for someone in their 60s in the UK is somewhere around 60,000 pounds which is just way short of where it needs to be you know you're lucky to get a hundred quid a year on that sort of money and you know, if you're counting on a government pension, by if you're in your late 30s like I am, by the time I get to retirement, I'm not expecting there to be much, if anything, in terms of a state pension there to support me in my later years. So um, these three stages of life are fundamentally wrong. And I think the key principle here is that throughout your entire life, that if you're not constantly learning and growing and expanding, that's, that's how we're designed as human beings, then you know, you're massively selling yourself short and in terms of your ability to earn, that's something that George Clayson picks up in this book in 1926. It's something that is relevant to even 18th century BC in Babylon and it's it's still hugely important today. So that's the seven cures uh, for a lean purse. I strongly recommend that anybody that start, particularly those that are starting out in their wealth journey, that are starting to manage their finances and understand how to build wealth read this book because I think it's great the stories are very interesting and the stories kind of stick in your mind and in terms of getting the message across so highly recommend it I think there's some great stuff in there as relevant today as it was in 1926 when it was when it was written and no doubt relevant back in the 18th century where it's based so great book um, that's it from me this week. Uh, this has been The Real Wealth Podcast. I'm Alex Robertson and I hope you'll join us on this wealth journey.